0: Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle-enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer, whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com and wellstarthealth.com. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live a passionate and powerful life. So today we're going to do a three-peat or four-peat with Josh Lajani, my good friend, my business partner, my brother from another state. You know, we're real busy building Wellstart, and we're now having lots of sort of functional, strategic, tactical conversations, and we were looking for a chance to kind of cut loose, lay back, go deep. And so today we are talking about power, about accountability, about failure, about confidence, about gravity, about covering the ground, about grief and loss and mourning. And I think it's going to be very useful. It was very useful for me to hear Josh thinking about things that uh, we haven't covered privately in a really long time, and some of them not at all, and a bunch of stuff that I think he's never really shared publicly. Before we get to it, a couple of quick things. First, the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy rides again. On May 6th, 2019, we're starting another cohort. If you are interested in becoming a health coach, which is kind of like a superpower. Yesterday, I was doing a community event, and instead of like preparing slides, I decided I was just going to do a coaching demo, take one person from the audience, bring them up, and coach them on an issue. And you know, I'm used to people going from I, I don't have agency, I have a sweet tooth, I could never give this up, I keep failing," to in thirty minutes being hundred percent confident that they can stick with this rule that will make a huge difference in their lives. and but to see it done publicly, with people in in attendance watching and to see the incredulity, like like when you do a magic trick, This is like a superpower, this ability to help people go where they want to go and get traction when they have felt stuck or oscillating for so long. And I want to give that power to you if you would like to have it. If you are a health coach and you want to up your game, if you're a health professional, you want to add coaching to your toolkit to really help people go where they want to go. Or if you're thinking about becoming a coach or you just want to kind of do it as a hobby, like some people, you know, how to change their oil and... And stuff like that, like just to have that ability to help the people around you achieve what they want in life. So it's a 12 week program led by Kevin Davis and myself. And if you're interested in finding out more about it, go to wellstartcoach.com. And at the bottom of that page, you can register for an enrollment interview. So we can talk to you and you can talk to us and we can decide if it's going to be a good fit. Now, if you yourself are struggling a bit to get some traction, to make some changes in your life, there's a few ways. That I can help you. The freest way, of course, is this podcast. Another completely free way is to go to Amazon and download Sick to Fit on Kindle. It's completely free. If you are unable to get it free on Kindle because of the country you live in, you can also go to sick2.fit, put in your email, and you can get it as a PDF, which you can read on your computer or tablet or phone. If you'd like some hand-holding and community and direct contact with coaches, that's Well Start Health. We have programs starting pretty much every month. You can go to wellstarthealth.com right now and register, and we'll let you know when the next cohort opens up. And if you'd like to work with me one-on-one, I have several ways of doing that. You can just hit me up, hj at plantyourself.com. We can talk about it. Or if you'd like the most popular option, the laser coaching, one year of unlimited laser coaching, you can read about that and sign up at plantyourself.com slash laser, L-A-S-E-R. And finally, this podcast is free for those who can't afford it and supported by those who can. So if you can, and if you're a regular and you appreciate what's going on here, become a supporter. You can do that at patreon.com and you can just search for Plant Yourself and become a monthly ongoing sustainer of this podcast. It makes a big difference for me practically and financially and also It's a way for you to let me and the world know that you value the Plant Yourself message, which comes to you free of any sort of constraints or limitations that might be imposed by having commercial sponsors. So if you value the message and you got a few bucks to help me keep it free for the world, that would be awesome. All right, let's get to the show. Without any further ado, Josh Lajani, welcome back to the Plant Yourself podcast.
1: Oh, it's an honor to be here, brother. Hey.
0: So I thought we'd go deep today. I don't know what that looks like. But,
1: okay.
0: Uh, I mean, it's been a while since we had sort of a a public chat. And, yeah, it uh, has been. Um, I know a lot, a lot of stuff is cooking. Yeah, a lot
1: of things going on, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, why, why don't you start with like just sort of like what's been on your mind? Let's just sort of do a, a surface-level dump, and then we'll see where we want to go.
1: Yeah, for me, like... Um, something that has that's that's front of mind for me for me personally is my uh my physical recovery my physical body i've been feeling stronger. i mean you know that for the past couple of years i've been struggling and dealing with my back and for the first time in a couple of years even while i still feel that bulge in the disc back there my Physical body feels the best that it's felt in, you know, since liver since before Liverpool, since before you know May two thousand seventeen. So after the classic this weekend and being able to run really strong, even though it wasn't a PR, it was the, the strongest splits I'd ever run. I'm just in a real good place mentally right now about my physicality, and um, I don't know. It brings a sense of power to me that that sort of gives me like license if you will to 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 be okay you know
0: can we talk about power sure because you you texted me this morning
1: yeah came up in that book in the homework assignment you gave me (laughs) (laughs) but i love it man it's good stuff
0: this is why no one wants to be my friend because i give i give my friends homework (laughs) assignments
1: I want to be your friend. I love your homework. It's changed me, you know, for the better. You know,
0: so because power is a word that I kind of recoil from a little bit. Like I don't want to be powerful. I don't, you know, I don't want to break things. I don't want to overpower people. I don't want to come on too strong. I don't want to impose my will. There, right there's there's a way in which I mean certainly there's toxic imitations of power all around us, right. Um,
1: but what but I think, yeah, I think more animalistic like power, like the just the raw horsepower of your physicality, just the raw. I'm not talking about the power of a president or the power of a CEO or some some like what you said, toxic imitation of power, like being able to affect other people's lives in a way that makes you feel above and everyone else. That's that's a different kind of power that's not really what comes to my mind that's not the power that I lust after the power that I that 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 strikes me the power that um drives me is just inside myself what my physical machinery can accomplish you know that power that power to be able to run faster, to be able to run stronger, to be able to do pull ups, to be able to 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 look at situations in a positive way because I feel that power. That's 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 what power means to me. It's it's you know, it's almost an emotion. Mm
0: -hmm. And you, you what you texted me was in quotes, power is a value. Yeah. So, you know, we, we did a values exercise in Houston with our client, and we asked people, we gave them a huge list of values, like fa- family, faith, integrity, courage, honesty. Power right. wasn't on the list. Yeah. And I guess, you know, for, for various reasons, but, we, like, what's the value to you of of power? Like, okay, yeah, I can run up a hill. Like someone someone's listening yeah. to this and go... Okay. Like good. Good for Josh. He can run up a hill, but what's, what's the, what's the deeper, like the value to explain that to someone who hasn't touched it.
1: So for me in my life, that power means agency agency that I've never realized before. Right. So yeah, big deal. Josh can run a 5k pretty quick for most guys and gals and especially ex fat people or even big two hundred pound guys. Yeah, he can do that. But it's not really about that as much as it's it's about the the juxtaposition from where I once was to what that ability to run up that hill says about who I am now. That power, that raw physical power lends to other areas in my life, how I feel about myself, how I interact with people, how I'm willing to be vulnerable you know knowing that i'm powerful allows me to be more vulnerable sort you know in a social setting because i know i'm powerful therefore it's okay for me to let go a little bit and help other people feel comfortable um and so that that's what that's what power means to me it means feeling Good and strong in my own skin, feeling that locus of control that what Dr. Esselstyn talks about, that that is power to me, realizing my own agency in this life. That's what power means. It's not my 5K time and it's not my ability to get to the top of the hill. It's it's that. Mm
0: and and one thing that struck me is you so you talked about like it's it's a quality you see in animals like you talked about horsepower and sure. it's like i mean every animal has power right i mean yeah. some of it we can see like a horse or a dray ox or or you know a jaguar some like ants or butterflies still have power like it's it's a uh it's their inheritance. It's not like they have to go get it or find it or struggle with it. Like humans are the only animals who kind of shrink from our power. So it's it's almost like you're saying, I'm just get, I'm just eliminating the things that were, you know, thr- throttling down my power. As opposed to like I'm I'm. It's, it sounds very non-egotistical in that sense. Like this is just what it's the universe a, has given it, me.
1: It's, it's a realization that I've always outsourced. Power in my life, whether it's to other animals or machinery, you know, we're always leveraging technology or other animals to achieve some 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 physical power, whether we're using them to pull a plow or we're using an engine to push a boat. There's something liberating about realizing your own inherent power that has that has changed me and it has snowballed and it has taken off and made me want more and more not power like what we're talking about not power like like in the movie sense power like in my own physicality you know that's like i i want to be a draft horse i want to i want to pull i want to push i want to lift i want to i want to ache and and I think that makes me a more authentic human animal in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because we live in we live in such a metaphorical world, right? In which if I have an idea and I know how to hustle, I can start a multi billion dollar company, right? Right, and I can be you know pale and weak and frail and pasty, but like through my through my brain, I have wielded power. And you know we live in such a digital age. We we you know, we've got these machines we pick up and look at all the time. I th- I think you know I don't want to be a luddite about this, but there's a sense in which that's all bullshit.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's like um it's a facade of power. Like even if you get all of the money and all of the that all of the uh, accolades and and that sort of. That sort of conventional idea of what power means, the type of power that maybe a Donald Trump wields in the world, right? That's not real. That's not the real power I'm talking about. Let's put him in a 5K. Let's get back to the rawest version of what it means to be a human being. That is not CEO of Fortune 500 company status. You know, that rawest, most authentic version of us has bipedal capacity and can endure long distances and can deal with scarcity. And like that is the power I'm after. Does that make sense at all?
0: Yeah. It's almost like, like the Hollywood version would be like air force one where like, you know, Harrison Ford is the president and he gives speeches, but then like shit hits the fan and he has to punch people and climb things. Right. Right. Um, like I'm reminded of, and so like what I'm thinking of is okay. So there's the physicality, but underlying the physicality, or maybe the same as it, is the power to uh, to do what we say we're going to do. Yes. Right. Like there's a um, um, a Jewish book of, of sayings called the the Ethics of the Ancestors, and one of the lines that I remember from there is, you know, who is mighty, he who can control his own temper. And if if we expand it beyond anger, it's like who is strong, that person who can be who can live in integrity. It's easy to talk in integrity. It's easy to make plans. But for, you know, for you and for me and for a lot of people, it's been very hard to be in integrity with those plans, to not blow them off, to not be tempted away from from other things. How how has the how has the physical power connected with you with that sort of inner power?
1: It's confidence, you know, people ask me questions all the time about how you did it or how do you eat or and and so my physical power really lends to my confidence in being a voice for people in need, like, which would, that's a place of vulnerability to stick your neck out and say, Hey, I know something. Right. So that physical power has given me the courage to be that, to be that, that, that alter ego, if you will, that person who does stand up and say, Hey, I got, you know, I got some answers if you're interested. And when you're that guy, you know, Your answers are going to be shot down. You know people are going to poke holes in everything you have to say. You know people are going to hate on you and go, oh, you think that's awesome? That's not really awesome. It's only awesome because you used to be fat. You're not really that good at it. You know? Like so so my physical power and how that sits inside my own soul has really bled over into how I'm able – to interact with others and be of service in a way that I had never imagined that I even wanted, mm. um, yeah that 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 's the main thing for me. Yeah. I feel okay with being asked all these questions. I feel okay with being whatever you want to call it a, a, a an authority or an expert or whatever you want to call it in the realm of weight loss. And nutrition and physicality. I feel okay talking about those things because I know deep inside I'm powerful physically and I'm not faking the funk. I am walking my talk. And it and I think it bleeds through um, in sincerity and authenticity when I engage with others.
0: Yeah, so mo- movies are coming to me today for some reason. So that, <laughs> this one is Greg Kinnear and Little Miss Sunshine. You, s- you see oh. that movie? I did see it once. It's he, cute. He's he's a the, he's the dad. He's you know the family's dysfunctional. He's just scraping by, and he's trying to try to make it big as a motivational speaker with his like seven laws of success, right. which he's he's preaching to people in powerpoints and empty audit you know empty <laughs> VA halls and it's like, you know, I was in marketing for a lot of years, digital marketing, where everything was a facade, right? They said, you know, on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog. And you could write a good sales letter and, and present as this successful person. Oh, and yeah. and if you convince, you know, if, if you're um, sort of pathologically strong enough, you attract other pathological people to follow you. And so you get this echo chamber of I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. There's something about... Challenging yourself physically that you can't fake.
1: That's exactly right. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm going to touch on this. I, I know it might be going left a little bit. <laughs> I don't, we,
0: we, there are no trails here in this podcast.
1: But, you know, I see it a lot on social media. You know, I'm a guy that got on the social media after I had lost my weight. You know, I hadn't I, I wasn't like, hey, I'm fat, guys, and I'm going to change it. Here's my Instagram account. Follow me as I go on my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I see tons of those. And what's missing in a lot of that is the people themselves are more worried about or more worried about that messaging, that facade they're building, that try facade that they're building. They're trying to paint a picture of effort and concern and worry and difficulty and complication and all of those things. And what, what they seem to be missing is that willingness to stick their face into the areas of life that will bring them that inherent physical power. It's all talk. It's all talk right now. You know, for a lot of... And so I was I made a video yesterday, actually, and I deleted it because I was scared it would hurt people's feelings that maybe that maybe head up some of these accounts online. These, hey, I'm fat and I'm going to lose it. Watch me accounts. And it, it hardly ever works out. And and so for me, being able to stand in a space where I am unabashedly proud of the physical power I've built in my life for my own self um and i i know what it has taken me to get there and and you know to 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 see that relinquished by someone who would rather take the hey big is beautiful tact um oh well i tried to lose weight but big is beautiful we'll just do that instead that tact um is frustrating to some women but like myself but not just for me it's frustrating what's frustrating is the messaging to I know all of the people that are watching there's a certain dis there's a certain disingenuous nature to those facade type of accounts that's very frustrating for me as an outsider looking in you know well,
0: yeah well i mean it's it's a funny word it's an account yeah. and and people are i think they're doing it because they have a sense that this is going to give them accountability right and, I, you know, I, there are ways in which you say, yeah, publicly, this is who I am, and this is who I'm going to become, hold me to it, could theoretically work. But I, th- I think there's a collusion between, mm-hmm. but, right? Like, if I'm a follower, if, if I'm following you, and you're 420 pounds, and you announce, hey, guy, I'm, I'm going to lose it, and then you make a post that's like, well, I kind of, you know, my ankle was tweaked, I didn't feel like doing my run today, I'm going to be like, hey, Josh, it's okay, you still got this, I'm not going to... I'm not right. going to be your coach. I'm not going to say, "Hey, fat ass," what I'm you you. you s- yep. Right, because I would never. You know, I, that's not my place. I would never do it. And so you get this echo chamber, of of people who want to be okay, with where they are. They want to change. They want to. They want to have changed, but they're not willing, to change.
1: Right. Right. I know, and it's frustrating because then that that sort of for all of the people following those accounts it's just further proof to them that this thing is impossible this person's mm-hmm. kind of semi famous on social media and she or he can't get it together
0: right look at oprah
1: right exactly right. and so for me my physical power that i build that i wake up every day that i work on my it's my craft it's what i love Feeling powerful, feeling that engine, feeling what God gave me is my parts and pieces that makes me an, an animal on this planet. Yeah. Being able to use that as as a counter to all of that messaging out there in the world, uh, it feels good.
0: Yeah, and that reminds me of so you you know you uh, DNF'd, you did not finish a sure. race your first time, and yeah. you made a a, 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 a nice long a race report video in which you kind of got angry at everyone who was letting you off the hook, who was saying, yeah. no, that's not a failure. Like yeah. you, like the the one time you get rude on social media is when people try to take your failure away from you. Right. Talk about that.
1: Failure is where all of the good shit lives. Failure is where all of the success is going to come from. Failure is where all of the next steps in your progress live. And without failing, you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. You're playing. If you're not sticking your neck out there far enough to get your neck, to get your throat cut from time to time and bleed out on the floor, you're pissing in the wind, man. You're doing the same thing you've always done. You're doing the same thing you've always done. You push just hard enough until you feel resistance and you go, ah, nah, I don't like resistance. And until you um can like, so here's another boating analogy. Like if you're out in the you're out in the gulf, say, right? And the wind picks up and there's a chop, right? You don't want to go with the waves and, 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 and try and ride the troughs because the waves are coming from this way and it's going to be too bouncy. No, you will capsize your boat. Mm. You turn into the chop. You put your bow because that's what that bow is designed for, to cut the chop. Yes, it might not be the direction you want to go right now. Yes, it might bounce the ice chests around a little bit and stuff like that. But put the trim tabs down, get that no, get the bow down a little bit, trim the motor down a little bit, slow it down, and hit the chop head on, and make progress through the chop. That's kind of how I see, you know, where how to get progress is if you're turning and you're going. In with the troughs, trying to avoid that chop, you're going to capsize. You're going to fail in a big way, not like a useful failure that's incremental. like oh, I tried to do that, that didn't work, so it slipped back a little bit, so I'm going to go re-attack. No, you're talking about a give up all, give up failure. If you get capsized, so that's how I think about it in my mind. Is yeah, it's hard to wake up at four in the morning. Yeah, it's tired to run a really fast. It's hard. To, it hurts to run a really fast ten k. Yeah, it's all-consuming and feels like masochism to run 100 miles. you know? But all of that difficulty, all of that stuff, has gotten me further along in my journey than turning from the chop ever did. You know, I was just rolling with the waves for a long time in my life. And now that I've turned um, turned the bow into the wind and into the chop. I feel like I'm finally getting somewhere and and it's amazing. And I would have, you know, it's a scary thing, though. It's a scary thing to trust that vessel to take on the waves.
0: Well, because it looks like, you know, I'm not a sailor, but when I watch, you know, video of like boats in storms, like it's it's not what I would normally do. It's like, you know, up in the northeast, we're told turn the wheel into the skid. Right. If you're on ice. Like, yeah, right? that's, that's good advice, but just try doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right?
0: Right. So, so there is a way in which I think you have to trust that your f- failure, which is from the same root as falling or stumbling, mm-hmm. that, you know, you can hit the ground, right? Like I, I used to teach, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, I used to teach circus skills. So oh like God. juggling, clowning. Um, so I taught unicycle. And, you know, unicycle, people don't realize how hard it is because, you know, you, a bicycle, you can fall sideways in two directions. Unicycle, you can fall in 360 degrees and you absolutely will fall. And the, tri- the trick to the unicycle is there's three points of weight. There's your butt and then there's the two legs. And what we want to do when we get tense is we want to use our legs. But you have to think about it like if you're, all your weight is on your butt, then it gets really easy to pedal. If your weight's on your legs, you can't do it. And so, what we have to do is teach people that it's to fall. Like, it's okay to just fall over. The unicycle is padded on all the sides, it could fall. And people had to feel really, really comfortable that I will fall and it will not kill me. And only then were, did they have the ability to concentrate on the task itself of balance and motion and, and movement.
1: And it takes surrender to that natural inherent that very inherent natural process. Just like think about a baby learning to walk of failure and knocking knocking the dirt off, getting up and repeat. Like my friend Rio was just in a in a podcast the other day, and she talked about how her parents she grew up in a rodeo family, and the horse would buck her off, and they would the horse would run back to the barn, and she'd have to go all the way walk all the way back home, and then the first thing her dad would make her do was what? Get back on the damn horse. Hmm. That's the last thing you want to do, right? But that's, that's, and it's, it doesn't feel right to do that. Um, But it's only because we have the option to avoid those things. Animals that live out in the world don't have the option to avoid the failure that teaches you how to grow into a stronger and stronger, more powerful being.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a good thing. It's a good thing we live on this planet with gravity, right? It's like this this it's like this safety net. Like imagine you know you you trip in the on the uh, the Crescent City Classic and you go floating away. Ah, shit, we lost Josh. Yeah, right. Like you know, we're dialed in pretty good to to the planet, and I think um, you know, not to get too woo woo, but the ability to move on the Earth comfortably without needing a vehicle, without needing, you know, uh, fossil fuels is a source of power. It's like, it's yeah. not, it's not my power. It's, it's like life's power flowing through me. And the earth is like the biggest piece of life, you know, we could source from.
1: And it, it maybe that all of that makes me think of that saying that I've told you that Bam Bam used to repeat that his dad said all the time that, I'm 190 pounds, six foot two and a half, and I cover the ground I stand on. And that's what that means to me. Like I I cover the ground I stand on. I stand on this earth as a human being with this very certain and specific and unique bipedal capacity. You know? And yes, that's my stature. I'm a six foot three and a half, 195 pound man, and I cover the ground. I stand on literally my territory. I cover it daily with my feet. If you look at a heat map of me around Thibodeau, <laughs> there's going to be squiggly lines of I've covered all of it, right? That makes me feel good. That makes me feel powerful. That makes me feel useful.
0: Right. and and you think about the way in which you know if you take on the on the one hand like this you know this technological dominator culture that we have that we we want to you know humans are going to we 've basically colonized the earth we 've messed it up we 've destroyed the climate we 've polluted everything and 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 yet you know we 're going to keep going because our technology will solve it on the other hand you 've got sort of um gentle, sensitive environmentalists who are like, no, we need to back off. Humans, you know, everything we touch turns to shit. Let's let's diminish ourselves. And you're saying something totally different, saying that a human in partnership with life, we it's not it's not that it's OK to, to cover our ground. It's required of us.
1: God damn. Yes, it's required. Yes, you have step if you're not doing it, and that's the lesson that my Bam Bam gave me through his day. Yes, it's required. And now I was now he taught me what I would say is a, is is um a toxic misinterpretation of that. You know, we he meant when he covered the ground, he meant his slap you in your mouth if you didn't respect his reign. Right, and that's a little bit different, but it's the same sentiment to me. You know, I'm instead of slapping you in your mouth, I'm just more powerful than you. I'm more powerful than you physically. I don't have to physically like assault you. You know it just by me standing there, just by me covering my ground. And that gets people's attention. Well, you and you also
0: very consciously and overtly invite people to join you in the power. Yes. Right. I mean you you based, you you started the missing chins run club. You are everywhere you go you're like this is this is the good stuff, right? You're yeah. doing you're doing the waggle dance. You're not like the bee saying I'm the king bee. No, right? not at all. There ain't no right. king bee, right?
1: No. You're not at all. Like, but to gain influence on others like it's useful to have to be able to have that sort of mentality of yeah, I do feel I do feel good. I do feel like um i have something to offer you know yeah and 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 i think the way i carry myself uh is is i try to make that evident and that's what i think is at the crux of what bam bam and big pop were getting at mm-hmm.
0: so i want i want to shift gears a little bit but to connect with you know your your heritage you uh if i could share the the picture you sent me from facebook
1: Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Right. It was a picture
0: from 10 years ago of your grandfather, your Bam Bam standing there, proud as anything. And it says Bam Bam says, hell yeah. And so at the same time, you have, you know, this unmeasurable love and and longing for him and for everything that he represented and your mamaw and and your family and your culture and. You've moved really far away from it in lots of particulars. And we were talking about this idea of of grieving and loss, right? A mutual friend of ours was talking about wants to give up sugar. Sugar is really wreaking havoc on him. And if he gives up sugar, he's going to have to mourn the loss of certain things in his life, like his daughter making artisanal chocolates and saying, Daddy, have one. And like not like not wanting to diminish it or say, hey, there's other ways in which you can bond with her. There's other ways. Like, that's all true. But to still recognize that there's a loss. Can you talk a little bit about how you navigated grieving for things that you didn't have to give up? (laughs) Right. I mean, some things you did. Some people died, life moved on. But there were things that you grieved that you had the agency and you said, I'm done.
1: Yeah. 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 And, you know, especially, you know, in keeping with what we were talking about with my Bam Bam is. Just as just one simple single example, the act of the act of fishing. I mourn that every spring, man, it makes me want to cry. It makes me want to cry that I know I'm not going to go get 200 cockahoos and go out into the. Gulf and uh, put a hook through them and stick them on the bottom uh, with a weight near near one of my favorite rigs offshore and catch speckle trout that my Bam Bam would be proud of. Look at these big yellow mouth monsters. Right. Right. I mourn that. I miss it so much I could cry. But I'm also very proud of what it signifies. I'm very proud that it, it, it signifies me standing on my own two feet, making my own decisions, being very objective about the mistakes made by my Bam Bam. He was not a perfect person at all. He was racist. He was sexist. He had a potty mouth. He drank a lot. He was violent. But he loved me and he loved my family and he took good care of us and he taught me a lot. And what he also – the one of the main things he taught me is don't be a dumbass. And dumbasses repeat mistakes. Hmm. And his mistakes killed him, took him from us in a very ugly way, you know. And um, for me, yeah, I mourn those losses. I mourn those – I mourn those activities and those things like I know how to fry speckle trout better than anybody, you know. And it's poof gone. You know, I know how to boil crawfish better than anybody, you know, probably poof gone. But those are worthy investments to me. To help in a bigger way than a crawfish boil ever could my people right um so i don't know if that answers your question but that's 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 the mind game i play with myself yes i miss cooking a perfect steak i know how to get the grill hot or the black iron pot hot i mean i don't know if you've ever cooked a steak in a in a cast iron skillet but it's one of the best ways to cook a steak and my bam bam taught me that you know um I, I know all of these things and they're dead now. Poof, they're gone. But but they're worthy. It's worthy investment to me.
0: So now you're sort of, you, you can look back and every spring you can get sad and you can almost cry or cry. As you were going through it, like there was the time where it was the first time you were not going to do it. What What did you do inside? How did you talk to yourself to deal with, With that, it's almost like the rawness of the, you know, it's the funeral as opposed to the 10 year anniversary of the death and you're killing it, right? You're the one deciding I am killing this thing that
1: I love in my life. Yeah. um, You know, I hate to keep going back to it, but running is how? Running is how I didn't go. I didn't leave those things in a vacuum like I didn't leave those things for nothing. I left them for something, you know, and you want to talk about a fishing trip. You want to talk about a hunting trip, you know, that relay run we did across Florida a couple of weeks ago. With a bunch of missing chins, twelve of us, and we ran across the whole state of Florida in 205 miles. We started at 7 a.m. with the 7 a.m. start group. We were the first team to finish in that 7 a.m. start group at the other on the other side of Florida. You know, so the running was the whiskey and all the drinking and having a good time, and the expertise, and we needed to tackle. I needed to teach them. How to how to hydrate, how to fuel themselves, how to pace themselves, how to recover in between. And then our bounty, our fish, our speckled trout, our our deer, our ducks, our doves, frogs, whatever you want to call it, was the people we were catching throughout the night. Hmm. We made no bones about it, bro. We wanted to beat you. We wanted to catch you. We wanted you to try really hard for us not to, but we got you anyway. And that—that's how it didn't go anywhere. That drive to to hunt and gather is still there. I'm still I'm doing it in what I feel is a much more authentic way than getting at the helm of a vessel with a 300 pound. I mean, with a 300 horsepower four-stroke engine on the back and spending 100, gallon, $100 worth of fuel to get out to a rig where I use $100 worth of bait to catch fish on a $1,000 worth of tackle, right? That's a whole different ballgame. game. had some more toxic imitation of this very inherent drive as a human to hunt down sustenance. You know, an achievement and progress and and the next thing for the tribe, the next thing for the pack. You know, that's powerful to me. So that's it wasn't like a conscious decision, Howie. It was just that's what was accidentally happening. That's what was happening at the same time. And I must say, like, even after I had gone plant based, even after I had started identifying as vegan, I did go fishing. You know, it was my Bam Bam's birthday and I have some pictures of me very thin <laughs> in my current body with a big giant speckled trout on the boat. And and so it, I wrestled a lot, but I was taking my Bam Bam out for his birthday at that time. And, and um, so it was really more about him than anything else. But it wasn't a conscious decision to say, hey, today I'm not fishing anymore. What happened is I just developed a love that answered that same call of the wild for something mm. else. And it has shaped me in ways that I would have never imagined, ways that fishing and hunting never could, never could. have. They never changed me this way.
0: So you never let go of anything in a vacuum, right? Yeah. There, was, it was, there was always something you couldn't hold on to two things at the same time.
1: Yes, sir. Right.
0: It was like you couldn't reach if you were reaching for this. It's like, oh, I I have to let go of that other thing.
1: Yeah. If I was going to stop fishing and sit around and play tiddlywinks every Saturday. Big problem. Going to be very hard. But I never I never decided to stop fishing. It just happened. Mm. It just happened. You know, it just happened. And I fell in with these group, this group of guys. And I have this brotherhood around me and. It, it's amazing. It's the same. It's the same complexion of the hunting and the fishing trips. It's the same exact complexion. Maybe even, maybe even more authentic.
0: Right. And for people, and for people who might be a little bit uncomfortable with this idea of you guys like competing and seeing people and seeing them as I'm going to take you down. Imagine. That You were racing against someone who didn't have that attitude, how cheated you'd feel.
1: Right. Or imagine how much you don't give a shit about the, the, the fish that you're about to stick a, a hook in his face. You don't care about him, but yeah. you want to talk nice to the human in the race. Huh. You know, you don't care about the deer you're about to bore a hole through his chest on a cool, crisp Saturday morning as the sun comes up and it's beautiful and he's eating his little corn that you put out for him. You don't care about him. Yeah, mm. so, so I, I take that mentality. I take that mentality into my racing and, and, and I love it and it's not done in a way. I don't think anybody in that whole relay, uh, race had negative thoughts about us. You know, I, I think we were very, very inclusive and, and, and jovial with our, with our shit talking, um, uh, But it was there and we definitely, we made no bones. We want to beat you. It's called a race. Hope good luck to you. I hope you beat me, you know, for your own sake. But I'm going to let you know right now, I'm after you, bro.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like if, if you win, I mean, I remember like, you know, when I was a kid, I would play racquetball or paddle ball or tennis with my dad and when... You know, I realized that he was letting me win. How how pissed off I was! Like, you know, like when you know when am I ever going to know that I'm actually better?
1: That's the most beautiful thing. Like, right? So, I love this fact. As strong as my race was this weekend, I had these negative splits. I'm so excited. I'm in mile six, and I look at my watch, and I'm running the fastest mile of the entire race. Yet, <laughs> who comes right up beside me and catches me? My buddy Wally. Wally knocking, a sobbing runner, right? He comes right on the side of me and he catches me and he looks at me and gives me a little shit-eating grin and he gives me one of these. Let's go, baby. I'm like, I am going. That's all I got, man. You know? And in my mind, Wally didn't beat me for Wally. He didn't do it for Wally. He did it to drag me to a better finish. You know, of course, he could have stayed behind me and let me feel with my chest puffed out. That's fakery. It's not real. I would much rather lose to the Marine. Chasing him, running my fastest mile of the entire race and then speeding up after mile six to try even harder. Right. I would much rather that finish. So it's not just about winning being taken teaches you as well I love it
0: yeah and I mean you know it's when you're when you're nine years old you know maybe there's there's times to uh, to have somebody let you win
1: but we're grown ups we're grown ass men that's exactly right yeah <laughs> you know
0: um, one one more line that you uh, texted me yesterday. Um okay. I, I don't know if we want to we want to go there or not. But you I said,
1: don't care. You you know me, man.
0: Uh, well, you said trauma is one of the best motivators. Yeah. And this is like we you know the, the homework was this book, um, the alter ego effect. I got a copy right here. Todd Herman. I'm really I'm really enjoying it. And I remarked to you like this this reminds me of you. And yes. so you you you've been reading it and like. What, what about trauma? What, what spoke so tra- to you about that?
1: So trauma is one of those things that I don't really get to talk about in the public very much. I talk so much about running and plants and, and I'll hint to the ugly parts of life, but i don't get to talk about it very specifically. But, you know, my life as just in 2011, as I started this journey, wonderful things were happening. You know, the Saints had won a Super Bowl recently. I was married. I was I was getting my degree. But at the same time, I was having family turmoil. I was having I was having lots of um, trauma, like norms inside our familial structure, just being completely blown apart, you know, Um, with my dad, um, you know, being and he's 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 fine now. But then, you know, we were having to we were having to institutionalize him. He was having all sorts of mental problems. And for your dad to be in that place, that boy, that is very traumatic. I'm graduating from Nichols and my dad's, my dad's in a behavioral facility, right? That's very traumatic. My dad had to call me and tell me congratulations from a psych ward. At the same time, um, you know, it's becoming evident. That my bam bam is good, is getting worse and worse and worse. Um, at that time, he was still driving and still able to hold a conversation and make decisions and do all of that stuff. But I knew what he was dealing with, and I knew what was coming, you know, especially since in my senior year I had taken a, I had actually taken a class on um, on the aging human. And my senior year, it was an elective. It was one. It was my last elective I took, actually. And so I learned about Sundowner Syndrome. I learned about all of these things because I knew I could see the writing on the wall that we were gonna, within the next few years, be dealing with a pretty demented Bam Bam. And so those and those real ugly ugly and we're not even going to get into why my dad was being institutionalized. Um, But those very traumatic things that were happening in my life, not only did they, did they make me want to go a different direction than what I had realized and known as normal my whole life, but it also in a way made me de facto like man of the family the oldest. And it drove me. Are you going to lead or are you going to commiserate? And that trauma, that trauma sent me down the road. I eventually got to running and plants and positive mindset and all of that stuff. But that trauma repelled me from my old norms. A bit,
0: In a big way. Trauma, trauma definitely motivates us, right It motivates most people, it motivates into a kind of folding up.
1: Yeah.
0: right So um, you know I can't tell you how many people we coach where they're doing good and then something happens. You know I yeah. was coaching someone, dad died suddenly, unexpectedly, and like, oh, you know, then the, the natural thing is, oh well, t- two weeks, I no self-care, I just ate, and we've been to that place from, yes. from, in, you know, from time to time. But the, you're the, the, the larger arc is that this trauma fueled resolve as opposed to having, you know, letting you collapse. Was there a way, is there, is there a recipe? Is there a formula? Is there a thought? Is there an orientation that you adopted? Cause in the past, traumas hadn't done that. So like you, you have sort of a before and after, right? right? Yeah. So can you talk about it in terms of what was well, different when the trauma moved you in a positive direction?
1: One was, um, I was lucky enough to have, I hope this comes off right, but I was lucky enough to have married my backbone, hmm. you know, Having my wife in my life stiffened stiffened me in a good way, she made me decisive. Um, and she's the one that led me to this education process of finally earning my degree. So those two things combined, having a wife who I knew had my back, and was not about the bullshit. Not about the bullshit. Let's be objective, Josh. What are the discernible, possible, most pragmatic next steps in this situation? Forget all about the other oh, hullabaloo noise that's happening, right? And then, and and um, and the other thing was inside my own brain, uh. I was feeling more positive about myself because I felt smarter. You know me. I struggle with calling myself smart all the time, <laughs> all the time. I'm always trying to present as much dumber than I actually am because it feels safer mm. for me. Um, but in at that time, not only did I have the support at home of a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman, strong woman, but I was also beginning to earn the respect of myself. And those two things, I think, combined to help me um, turn my face towards these traumas uh, in a way that I would normally have not before. I would have turned, tuck tail, and run away as much as I could, whether it was through, you know, alcohol or drugs or food or lethargy or whatever, I would have, I would have been trying to act like those things aren't happening. Meanwhile, that's all I can think about in the back of my head, very Mm. toxic circle to live in. And for the first time ever, we were looking at things objectively and trying to make pragmatic decisions while honestly, and I love them and they'll admit this too, the rest of the family's going. <sighs> and here I am with the aid of my wife making decisions and moving things forward, moving the ball forward constantly. Yeah. And that that just that snowball that that mindset.
0: So another movie coming to me, the, wiz- <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. It's, yeah. it's almost like, you know, you're the, like the degree, yes. right? Like it gave you, it gave oh. you your innate intelligence right. and the love of a woman whom you had to grow into to be her equal yeah. and it ga- gave you your own sense of self-worth. It, it didn't, you know, it's like, like what I love about the wizard of Oz is that he doesn't give him anything. Right? He gives them symbolic, like they already have it. They already had it. Yes. And you used the environment to, to choose to reflect back to yourself things you already had Yep, um, to be able to
1: say, I can handle this. Yeah. The more I went to school, the more I learned, the more I learned that I already knew a lot. And that made me feel powerful. And so and it made me feel confident and it made me just say, screw it, man. What's next? Let's go. What's next? Got the degree done. What's next? I'm gonna unfat myself. That's next. Mm. Let's unfat this body, baby. And so we start moving. And what's next? I've lost 50 pounds. Damn, I felt lost 50 pounds by graduation. That felt like a big win. What's next? Crescent City Classic, this running thing that helped me lose this 50 pounds, that's what's next, the classic. Let me go see if I can actually run a race, right? What's next, you know? Ooh, do it in under an hour. Got it. What's next? And and that's driven me all the way to being here with you, you know? What's next? Right.
0: And just coming, coming back to this, this most recent classic, which – Sounds like it's been your favorite run, even though it was you know three minutes and change off of your PR, your personal record. Right? PRs are kind of—I mean—they're useful, but they don't mean very much oh, because it's just a single data point. Because the body, like you know, we're a different body every time we get up. Yeah. Every time we go for a run, you know, we're you're coming off injuries or you're older or whatever. Um, that there's, there's a, a deeper PR that
1: you probably achieved on Sunday. Much, much, much deeper. I was so proud of myself for not feeling the urge to show others how fast I am. That's different. Boy, was that different. That race was for me. It was for me. Even my buddy Jonathan, he kept running up next to me going, hey, why? what's the deal, dude? You need to speed up. You need to get Hmm. the hell out of here. He had no idea that in my mind I wanted to just go faster and faster and faster and be building towards the end of the race. I had never done that before. And so to stay calm and stay centered and stay smart is something new for me. It's always been take off like a bat out of hell and then hold on for dear life for the last third of the race. (laughs) And to be honest, it's probably a big part of why I spent two years injured. So this is me. Giving homage. To those things that I've learned, to those mistakes. And and so. There's no doubt in my – it's not even close. This is the most powerful, satisfying classic I've ever run. I am the – I was floating after that race more than I I ever had before, and I actually felt good enough. I got invited by by one of the elite runners after the race who ran in like 29.55. He ran in 10K at 29.55. And, uh, we've been following each other on social media for a couple of years now. And so he fi- we finally got to meet each other at the finish line of that race. And he asked me to go run cool down mileage with him. And, you know, I just, sure. Huh. And I went run extra mileage with him afterwards just to talk to him and be around that. And, and my other friend, Corey Berg, who's another, you know, he's a, 250 marathoner. This guy's a 213 marathoner. And here I am, like a little kid, just yeah. getting, but I still had the capacity to go run cooldown mileage. If you remember, you were with me when I ran 3955. There was no way I was going to go run two cooldown miles after that. Yeah. You know, I was barely moving, right? So it just felt good to have a good, quick classic feel like, hey, this is who I am now. This is what I do. This is me. And uh, to have the power to hold my water on purpose and have a purpose for that race and execute the way I wanted and come out the other end and get my poster. Oh, it was amazing, Howie. It was beautiful. It was beautiful.
0: So what's next?
1: (laughs) What's next, honestly, is just a 5K, you know? That's next. Honestly, that is – weighing on my mind more than anything as far as running what's next uh is a 5k I have a friend of mine who got hit on his bicycle here in Thibodeau and he went through four or five surgeries he's back but he's back in the pool he's not going to get on the bike again so we recruited a bike guy and we're going to do a triathlon relay uh in new roads and I want to be able to give him the fastest freaking the fastest 5k time imaginable from for this 41 year old body you know uh that used to weigh 420 pounds (laughs) and that's what's next that's that's got my focus right now i want to kill it all right well
0: i'm good i feel like uh i feel like we, we uh we got a lot of stuff out. This was a lot of stuff. Like you know, we talk almost every day, but I think this this hasn't come up. Like I think we. Uh, oh, right,
1: yeah. We, it's, we, this felt good. It did. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's fun. We should do this more. I think maybe. I I love I love I love it. We always have these fun conversations, and it's not being recorded or or right. anything. And it's like, damn, people needed to hear that. That was a good conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, we've we've talked about like just doing our own podcast.
1: Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so uh, yeah. yeah, you'd be you'd have to do most of the work. <laughs> the, uh,
0: when we when we, uh, when we get rich enough, we get we can have yeah. underlings like doing all the hard go. stuff.
1: Sounds <laughs> good, right? We'll, yeah, we we'll just outsource all of it, all of that stuff. Right. <laughs> <good to>
0: <laughs> all right, man. Well, thanks again for the time.
1: Thank uh, you. we
0: will catch you later.
1: Appreciate it,
0: brother. Peace, man. Bye. I hope you got a lot out of that conversation. I know I did. I mean, every time I talk to him and I ask these sort of probing questions that I assume that I've heard his answers, he's always surprising me, always blowing me away with another level of depth, another insight, another way to look at things. So I got a lot of nuggets out of this that are going to inform my coaching and my writing, specifically That idea that there was no vacuum, that it wasn't about grieving things that you were just giving up unilaterally and then searching around for something else to take its place. That It was moving towards things that required Josh to give up things that he loved, to let go of old patterns, of old relationships, of old contexts, and grieve those while he was doing these other things that were giving him more value that is profound for me. So if you agree that the Plant Yourself podcast is a worthwhile thing in the world, and you'd like to support our mission and you want to do it by paying zero money, the quickest, easiest, best way to do that is to simply subscribe and leave a review somewhere, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbeam, whatever, whatever's out there. You know, you know where you get your podcasts. If you're interested in getting some help and taking back your health destiny, check out wellstarthealth.com. We are uh, getting kind of a slow flood of applicants now, so it looks like we're going to be able to turn around new cohorts more regularly than we have been. So if you are in a hurry to you know lower your A1C, get rid of that diabetes, reverse your risk of heart disease, lose that weight, run a 10K, whatever your health goal um, we will do our best to help you get there. So wellstarthealth.com, check it out. You can go to wellstarthealth.com program to get a sense of what we're up to. And you'd be working with, with me and with Josh and with our other amazing coaches for 12 intensive weeks. And then if you like, if you want to stay with us for the, uh, the rest of the year. If you want to find out more about Josh, you can check out the show notes for today's episode, which is plantyourself.com slash 319. If you're new to this show, there are hundreds of archived episodes over at plantyourself.com. In garden news, got a new spring vegetable for the first time this season. We had asparagus, which is to say my wife and I each had one asparagus. I guess the plural would be asparagi, but we had one asparagus each. Uh, which she gently steamed with some mushrooms, and it's a promise of, of things to come. And it's a really good reason for us to do some weeding. We have uh, several beds overrun with chickweed, and I suspect that there might be some more asparagi, asparagamuses, in there once we, once we get some weeding and uh, clean the place up. In running news, I had a good run today. My first one in a while, sub nine. It was a six mile run at about 53 minutes. So that felt awesome. Two things I did differently. One is, even though it was early in the morning, there was this delicious smoothie sitting there. And uh, when no one was looking, I took several gulps of it. So I got some food into me before going for my run, which I don't usually do. And second thing, I didn't listen to a book on tape or a podcast I put on some uh, some Josh music. So I uh, did a strong run while listening to the blues of Tab Benoit. All right, time for the gratitudes. Of course, Will Ridenauer. thank you so much for allowing me to use your beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace, as this show's theme music. Uh, if you're interested in more of Will's music, check out WillReidenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons, as in... Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Diss, Brittany Porter, Dominic Mara, Barbara, Woody, Tammy, Black, Amy, Good, Amanda, Heatherly, Mary Jean, Wheeler, Alan Kennelly, Melissa, Cobb, Rachel, Baras, Christine, Dilson, Sharp Tina, Aaron, Jen, David, Bysak, Mysterious Michelle, Axel, Zipfell, Victoria, Dolanova. Nova, Leah Stoll, Alan, Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle, Andrew, Julian, Rollins, Stu, Dolan, Sarah, Dirkus, Kelly, Cameron, Wayne, Patterson, Leanne, Peterson, Janice Selby, Claire, Adams, Tom, Franz, Ixun, bet on David, Donnie, Blair, Cyber, Ador, Gio, and Alicia Lamas, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lillemo, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Stephanie Holmes, Mother, Bergner, Nicole Ramsey, Susan Amat, Molly Levine, The Harry R, Susan Laverty, The Panda Vegan, Craig Kovac, Adam Sharp, Karen Berry, Heather Morgan, Ashley Corkery, Kelly Machia, D. N. Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant Happy Oregon, Sabina Kersels, Nigel Davies, Mary Blum, Teresa Coble, Sherwood Liz Julia Watkins, Bridget Connell, Brian Sheridan, Shannon Hirschman, Kate Rosland, Ayup, Julie Langholm, Homehead, Gardy, Susan Watt, Connie Hayline, Erin Greer, Alicia Davis, Aviva L, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Cheryl Larkoski, Plant Powers for Health, Karen Spitzkopf, Mariani, Karen Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin Macaulay. Elizabeth Rothschild, Kelly Baker, Miracle, and Jesse Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justin Divott, Joshua Summer Meyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Lori Fanny, Linnea Leinquist, Valerie Hummel, Devicacia, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosalyn McAtee, Dan McCordy, Stephen Lina, Patty DiMartino, Mike and Donna Cartes, Bishop, Ulbry, Elf Goodyear Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Moulton, Ted, Tricia Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bayshore, Gunmarie Kagan, Tracy Gulledge, Laura Heaton, and Meg from Mama Says for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for this week. As always, be well, my Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Marrow, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Heatherley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Barons, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Folkanowski, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Zosina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Peterson, Janet Selby, Kara Adams, Fon Franz, Jeanette Benham, Gil Assert, David Donna, Hubler Cyber, Toronto Viso, Gio and Carol Rajitati, Jody Friesner, with Anthunderberg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. The equally mysterious Tracy Z of El- El- Eva L-, L. Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, and Martha Bergner, Susan Amon, Molly Levine, The Inscrutable, Harry R., Susan Laverty, The Panda vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Dean Norton, Bonnie Lynch, The Plant, Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Channel Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, and Ayat, Colm Hedegaard, Ezek, Suzuwak, Connie Hayline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis. Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski, of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Morani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Liz Rothschild, and Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazleton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Laurie, Fannie, Linane Lundquist, Valerie Humble, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamond McEntee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Lienan, Patty DiMartino, Mike and Donna Carson, Dean Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashar, Gun marie Hagen, Tracy Gullich, Laura Heeden, Meg for Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parm Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt, Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Zidarowska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught, Abedible Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends.